0: You are now listening to Femme Regard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Femme. Fam, We have another lovely guest for you today. And this one, as well as so many of our others, was recommended by a past podcast guest. So if you guys remember Ryan Little, um, do you remember what season he was on, Carolina? It was a couple seasons ago, I think.
1: Um, Yeah, I would say the last one, the one before guys yeah. we have so many
0: <laughs> um just well, look him up like there's a little search bar on our website on our podcast page you can search for the guests um check out his episode it's really great and he has sent us several other guests um he's just a really great resource and super supportive so thank you ryan we but- love you ryan yes but today's guest is Amanda Payton, and she is a professional actress. She has done film and TV, and, I mean, she's done everything. She's done commercials. She's in a musical right now, which I'll tell you guys about. But we really just wanted to chat with her about her experience on set in TV in general, because that's not something Carolina or I are super familiar with. And what life has been through the strike, you know? Um, you guys are going to be listening to this episode Probably about a month after the strike has ended, but yeah, it's been over. I think it was like 114 days. It's like the longest the longest has ever striked. So mm-hmm. we're finally free from it, you guys. And I'm sure you've been hearing all about it. Um, but yeah, you'll get a little insight into, a, you know, and a working actress's life <laughs> since the strike. Um, and we talk about a lot of things. We talk about race. We talk about just how to, um, you know become your character and and what it's like playing so many different characters, but finding yourself in that character. So this is a very actor centric episode. um, But you guys are going to enjoy it no matter what field you are in. And even if you're just, you know, an audience member, you just like hearing about what the industry is like, I think you guys will still really get some really valuable stuff from this episode.
1: Yeah, it's really valuable, really current, up to speed on like what's been happening here in Hollywood, what changes we're trying to make I mean we made sync about advanced technology a film on advanced technology, and so I think this is just the kind of time we need to take to reevaluate as a whole like in every industry really like the implications technology has and you know where we are with you know, racial acceptance and just being really inclusive so i I'm really hope we're we're whole on the edge of their seats to see you know what actually the agreements are we don't know at this pu- at this day and time that's what i'm trying to say um <laughs> and yeah we're hoping to like that they made an agreement that was fair and really just like for the wellness of of everyone so we'll see but yes yeah, so you guys will enjoy this episode i think you'll get some real Real takes from Amanda. She's was amazing, beautiful person. Love the hair. Just like beautiful person, beautiful hair. Beautiful person, beautiful hair. Um, I just turned thirty. I didn't
0: already know. (laughs) Didn't already
1: know. I just turned thirty. Um, I'm aching. I have a little sinus headache today, guys. So I'm sorry. I'm a little unwell. I'm not my usual self. But enjoy the show. Um, and. I uh, and let's let's give it for Amanda yeah yes so my birthday was on November 9th the strike ended on November 9th
2: <laughs> because of you thank you
1: yeah you're so welcome I have purple Tunnel you're welcome sacrifices for everyone it's
2: okay <laughs> worked
1: real hard of uh, actually every day I would drive I like Work in post-production so I'm passing the studios on my daily commute and I'm like honking loud and proud sure, like yeah. every day <laughs> so I'm gonna miss a little bit of that that was yeah. like so that was a lot of wrist effort is what exactly. I'm saying yeah, yeah so an easy way to
2: get a lot of steps in yeah on that line every time people would honk it would kind of startle me though I was like Oh, oh, yay! Solidarity. <laughs> you were like, yes, solidarity. Boy. Well,
1: Amanda, welcome to the show. You're obviously a fabulous actress that we're so excited to chat about all things acting. And, like, what, yeah, t- let's, since we're talking about the strike, what has your experience been as a union actor? And, you know, what does that even mean for people who aren't even in the union yet?
2: Being a union actor means that you're a part of SAG Actress. At first it was just SAG and now it's become SAG-AFTRA. And basically it's just, uh, you're protected. So you pay dues to the union and then in turn, the union protects you. So there are certain rules, um, so that you can't be overworked. Um, there are rules in the amount of pay that you're getting. And there's basically, it's like a good, it's a checks and balances system so that we're not being abused as actors. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is, um, you know, in the non-union world where Tess and I still live and we love <laughs> to live at the moment, um, you know, it was important to us on our set that we don't like overwork our act we still we still kept it like SAG ran just without yeah. Yeah, extra stuff, because I think that is really important for the mental health and wellness of everyone on set. So yeah, it's nice to be protected by a union and make sure you get paid and paid fairly. And that was kind of, you know one of the stipulations or things that they were trying to get improve in terms of the SAG-AFTRA deal that was going on was I think a lot about residuals and fair pay. Residuals,
2: Mm -hmm. they haven't yet released the full breakdown of what what was hashed out, but I know Mm -hmm. there's a lot about AI language, a lot about residuals. Um, I heard that there's something about relocation fees, which is really great. Um oh. my first job, like my first series regular ever was in Canada. Mm-hmm. And instead of keeping us all in like the Sutton Hotel, which is where usually you'd stay if you're in Vancouver, they kind of just threw us all a solid chunk of money and said, Okay, you're gonna live here for three months, and like here's your chunk of money to relocate. Uh, and um so mm-hmm. lake is not quite enough to cover wherever you're staying there, a car rental. Um, And then also to maintain your lifestyle back at home because you still need, it's only three months, you still need your apartment or you still need to pay your mortgage. And so these protections on, on more levels. And I think probably when they came up with the amount, there wasn't quite as much inflation as there is now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and Vancouver's like a particularly expensive place. Yeah. And I was able to work, but like a lot of people with children and stuff, like
0: Yeah. I didn't even realize that was one of the stipulations in this agreement. I'm really glad that, that to hear that it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't
2: know any specifics yet. I just like mm-hmm. before we hopped on here was looking at um, a deadline article that was kind of said that there was some changes around that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just to kind of break it down really quickly for listeners that maybe aren't in the industry but are just interested, like um, you had mentioned a lot of the kind of big key issues were like Um, residuals, which is, um, for people that are listening that may not know, um, residuals are something that, you know, actors are getting money as their show is ran again, you know? And over time, like, that really adds up to a chunk of money. And with streamers, actors weren't getting that. So they're getting, you know, an upfront lump sum of money, but that only lasts so long, especially in Los Angeles. And for mm-hmm. a show that's running over and over, and people are streaming thousands of times, you're not getting paid any of that. Like, that's crazy. And for a long time, streamers were new media. <laughs> that's kind of how they got away with it. But we've been in streamer streaming world for quite some time now. So that definitely... Mm-hmm needed the, to change what in the music industry where it was yeah. like first it was just like CDs and that was the
2: main thing and then it's of streaming and people steal it's just like so we just needed to sort it out slash we're still starting you know there's probably going to be more and more communication mm-hmm. yeah it
1: just feels like the right time for something like this as a whole and yeah. you know with you highlighted ai as well like if listeners you haven't understood what that means like they were trying to scan your face yeah, the studios yeah. were and just use the actor without like ever paying them in the or, future
2: like, actors
1: yeah without paying
2: their state or having any kind of like permission so yeah kind of scary it's, it's scary
1: and not okay and creepy <laughs> yeah. like all the things we don't want that <laughs> so <laughs> i think it was i just really think it made sense for it to happen now i mean the people who are rolling their eyes like it's it's time. We need things mm-hmm. are changing and we need to that it's it's important to it's sad that we have to have a strike to make changes happen. Yeah. But like it's it's needed. It's purposeful it it has a purpose and I think right now I'm really hoping that yeah things um improve <laughs> and we can, can all,
0: all those deal points.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm very out. anxious to, to read it all. So that'll yeah. be It'll be good
0: and i'm curious to know too like how it affected your career i mean obviously you couldn't work i know a lot of people went FICOR and stuff yeah, but know. it was a long time absolutely yeah
2: We so we could work commercially
0: mm-hmm. which is great
2: but everybody who was doing series now is like okay i'm ready for commercials so it was crowded and also, The Strike did affect the commercial world. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly why, but it got a little bit more quiet in the commercial arena. I don't know if that's because, oh, we're just going to be playing reruns. I don't know what that mm-hmm. is, but it did get a little slower than it usually is. But that was good to have. And um, I personally, right before The Strike, was asked if I wanted to be a part of the Fast and the Furious musical parody oh. of St. uh uh Walt Cap. Love it. And I was like, yes. And this is something that I probably wouldn't have been able to do had there been no strike because I needed my time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that wasn't really like a big money thing, but it's been fun and we're still doing it. Like, it's still going. Oh so, my so fun. Super fun. <laughs> and um, my first. Can you cook, see a clip? Like, I need to see the, this whole thing. <laughs> I can show you, but I know that we're like podcasting it. It is on my Instagram perfect um, okay. but for anybody who's listening and who wants to see it but i can show you guys I yeah.
1: oh my gosh what a treat
2: yeah a lot of women were playing men mm-hmm. and men are playing women and um yeah it's a musical parody and it's um
1: are you guys just seated in cars and like singing in
2: cars <laughs> at the typewriter dynasty theater so this Oh, love it this is not me, this one's me right here. Oh <laughs> really followed and singing a lot. I love it. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. The cutoffs. That's so fun. Yeah. So I was oh. trying to get buff for that role, you know. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's Dominic Toretto right there. So yeah, I went to a uh, college with someone who was in the production and they uh-huh. were like we need someone because the person playing Tyrese had two kids during this during the pandemic and like doesn't have the time and to like come back and my friend was like do you want to do this? I was like absolutely yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the dream. I love that. Speaking of college, I saw you went to CMU. I'm from Pittsburgh. Are you from oh, that area you? as well? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Where Amazing.
0: are we? From? Uh, from an hour south. So like right on the border of Fayette County. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. we're we're East Coast people. No, Carolina's no. from New Jersey. Like we love oh, seeing other I'm East Coast people New York. So I was born love here,
2: but my family in New York. So I vibe with Yay. you. Yay. Amazing. And then
1: you were recommended to us by our dear friend Ryan Little, who mm-hmm. had the most to say about your gorgeous hair. Oh
2: my god, I love him. <laughs> He hypes up my hair. <laughs> and your hair deserves to be hyped He's an incredible <laughs> director you know i i demanded a trailer and you know for my hair as well yes. <laughs> yes. <Even> the
1: <laughs> they're beautiful beautiful girls i am like
2: they're stunning how did you, you mean? me i was like 24 oh, hated wow. yeah really monica with all like blonde straight hair beach i was like i don't know what to do with this yeah <laughs> My mom now everyone wants, wants that hair stuff. My mom's white. My dad was black. So uh-huh. no one knew what to do with it. But uh, yeah. I think I, I figured it out. And now Ryan hypes me out yeah. for my hair, just so nice. <laughs> I love <laughs> it.
0: How did you and Ryan meet, by the way? I worked with him. Um, okay. He, on his Christmas movie. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so a That's female. what I thought. I, re- I was like, she looks
1: familiar. I feel like I've she seen. Christmas. Aww. Yeah. Crazy. So, um.
2: We worked together in Utah, right. It was like during the pandemic. Okay. he was like incredible at one point because we had to like test every day. It was like in the pandemic,
1: oh and oh. we had to
2: get testing every day and then like he had an exposure at one point, so he had to direct from his car and so he was like directing he was like behind the key he was everywhere, and it was such a fun experience. It was wow. not even-
1: he oh. seems like the kind of person who would just like. Be able to handle that stress so well. Like,
2: making jokes and having fun. Yeah. So well, fine. It was so, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. important
0: on set, yeah. just in general, but let alone yeah. like in a pandemic when everybody's like, oh, we don't
2: for safe. And it was just like, it was, I was in every, I was on every single page because it was like pulled through my eyes. And we did it in like two or three weeks with like six day weeks with like 12 hour days and I'm telling you, like it did not feel exhausting. Like it was so fun. And I feel like that's the responsibility. I listened to his um, interview with you guys and he was like, it's the responsibility of the director to like set the vibe of the set. Yeah. Like it is. And I think it's also the responsibility of the actor in the number one position Mm -hmm. because other actors are always gonna look to that actor, which Mm -hmm. is what I learned from some like incredible number ones.
0: Yeah.
2: And I mean, I've seen like, I've seen a number one lift up the set and I've seen a number one, like push down the set as well. And so when I was working with Ryan being like the number one on the call sheet, I was able to like take that
0: in. Yeah. That's an important thing to like take note of because, you know, sometimes I think as actors, we don't really think about our responsibility beyond just playing that part on set, you know, but it is everybody's responsibility to make sure that it's a good set to make sure that, you know, you're, you're, you're bringing people up, you're, you're being helpful, but you're also staying out of the way when you need to. And just, you know, that everybody's like working together and mesh as well.
2: Yeah. And being a mouthpiece for other people who like, don't have as much like respect on the set, which sadly, like, I hate that that's a fact, but it's absolutely true. Like, I've had number ones when I'm coming in like be my mouthpiece. And so Mm -hmm. I want to do that, you know, or Mm -hmm. like regulars, if you're coming in for like a guest spot and there's a series regular, like I have fully had, I won't like name names, but I've fully had like someone who was playing a love interest of mine go to like hair and makeup and be like, okay, listen, she is a black woman. You guys, what are the products that you need for her? You need to reach out to her and you need to ask and you need to, Mm -hmm. and this is like a big set. And then they they reached out to me and I sent them what I use and they had it all there. And it was because this person had done that. And I, that's like, you know, you're going to get a better product. Yeah. He he wanted a good, like love interest and he wanted a good, good scenes. Like he wanted his stuff to be meaty.
0: Yeah.
2: And We're worrying about hair like, we can't be telling the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I actually, I mentioned to Carolina, that was one of the things that I saw was um, on the new agreement, or I, at least proposed, I guess, because they haven't really released the details, but that, you know, every set for hair and makeup, to make sure that you have someone who knows how to do different skin tones, different it's hair good. textures. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's going to be huge. I don't trust it until I see it, but yes. I, bring my own stuff. I just bring my own stuff to every set. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Even like with like we ran into on our set this summer um, with lighting, uh, we had one of our actors who has darker skin and it was a night scene. So it's kind of darker already. And it was like kind of like blue and purple lighting and that sort of thing. And we're watching from Video Village going like, okay, is he actually lit well enough? Like, do we need to put a little more light on? And how do we make sure that he looks just as good as Carolina who was sitting next to him on the couch with fair skin? Like we have to make sure that's really important, you know? I mean, these are
2: the problems because I mean, when I was growing up, there weren't, uh, there wasn't much combination of black people and white people in the same shows. There was shows for black people. -hmm. Uh, black people in it, and there were shows for white people. I mean, like growing up, like I think that's something that has actually like really sustained me even as an actor now. Because like growing up, I was like, I could see myself on a Friends type of show. Mm -hmm. I'm not on that show, but I see like Sherry Shepherd, who has like even like one or two episodes, hop in, and like I could do that. Yeah. So when I came out here I wasn't like okay I'm ready to be the star I was like I understand what this is yeah and I'm down to like work really hard and I know that I have to work harder than um my friend who doesn't who's not the same race as me mm-hmm. um, and wow. I, I see a lot of people quit because they like thought it was going to be maybe a little easier or mm-hmm. that there would be some more reward and I feel like it's like a blessing and a curse because I kind of was like I, I see that there's not that much opportunity so mm-hmm. I'm down to kind of like live the lifestyle of like trying to like show people that I'm more than my skin color I'm I'm that and
0: um mm-hmm.
2: and that you know it's a uh, white people can be interested in my story too yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Not, just be on BET like I could also <laughs> friends and friends
1: yeah <laughs> thank you're sharing that it's like oh, that's what I love about the show because you know as a white girl like that's not i've i'm i'm mixed I'm half colombian, and so I feel like my ages couldn't didn't know what to do with me I mean being mixed was really in in twenty you know sixteen, but still they would send me out
2: were you, were they trying to push you into white or were they trying to push you into like hispanic or what were they trying to
1: super latina where Again, I do think like we could also show like white Latina women on it. We don't yeah. all have to have dark skin, but I knew I wouldn't, I would never get casted. I was like, no, like I'm not that fit. I'm mixed. Yeah. And so it just was so challenging. So now like.
2: Did you ever get to play or audition for anybody Colombian or was it always like.
1: Like Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this too, because I think a lot of just, you know, like audiences don't really realize, you know, they're like, Oh, well, I'm seeing more representation on the screen. So like that means things are getting better, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, sh- sure, they are slowly getting better, but like these are still the challenges that are being faced, you know. And the audiences don't necessarily get to see or hear that side of it all the time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even me being half black, half white, I'm more acceptable in some roles than someone who's fully black and Mm -hmm. being raised in Santa Monica by a white Jewish mother. You know, and a yeah. very like well-spoken, well-educated father who code-switched like crazy when he was mm-hmm. in Santa Monica to not be like mm-hmm. scary to the other Santa Monica moms. Mm-hmm. I speak and look a certain way that mm-hmm. makes it palatable to people who are on the fence mm-hmm. or right, you know, who haven't been exposed to black people at all. Yeah, um, right. I kind of like I call it Obama-ing. <laughs> yeah. Obama-ing. People will hate it. Some people will still hate it, but (laughs) that one's okay. So Mm -hmm. yeah, have you guys
1: seen the Black Mm -hmm. Klansmen? Yeah. Oh no,
2: I didn't.
1: So so good, so good. I was just like, they they exactly. It's like he had to talk like a white man to get him convinced that Mm -hmm. he was one of them, and it's like, (laughs) yeah, that was a master at
2: it.
1: mm Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I think it's, I mean, how do you feel about it these days? Art? Do you feel like you're finally being represented or, I mean, we just said the acknowledge is still a push, but.
2: I booked my first specifically half black, half white character mm-hmm. like specifically written for that for yeah. a pilot last year that didn't get picked up. And that felt really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I, really trying to like be open and uh honest about my experience and also just like keep my feet pointed in the right direction and just keep stepping forward instead of like getting angry or excited or happy or like getting caught up in the feelings of it it's like the auditions are flowing let's do this Mm -hmm. and like we can download it later and like figure out how we feel um Mm -hmm. like giving room to like feeling the feelings but i do know that It was really cool to audition for and then book a character who was specifically half black and white. Yeah. I mean, I've done characters who were, when I worked with Ryan, Marie Osmond was my mother and in Mm -hmm. pictures of my, my father who was like deceased was black. So like, that was cool to like, but writing like written only for a person who is yeah, yeah.
1: Right, and that's where I felt like I was like, "Can I have like a half white, half Latina girl, please?" (laughs) Like, yeah, can we we see some of that? No, I I can totally understand.
2: That was was really cool. Um, I also like probably like seven years ago is when I first started seeing like any ethnicity, which is cool. Yeah, Uh, yeah. No, that's true. (laughs) Any Any ethnicity, which is yeah, like when I walk in and. I feel like a lot of like so I've worked a bunch on like Chuck Lorre shows and I feel like the casting directors on those shows are really good at I mean whenever I'd walk into their office like back pre-pandemic it was always mm-hmm. like if it was a short list it was always like me an Asian girl a blonde girl a Hispanic girl it was like, all over like full yeah. like, black girl and like it just didn't matter even like different weights like people mm-hmm. would be like mid 40s overweight mid 50s underweight like it was just like
0: all over ages and oh that's yeah. cool yeah that is really good to hear because cause that's something I've been noticing a lot more like personally I'm an actress and I gained a lot of weight over the pandemic that I still haven't lost and like thinking about, you know, how does that affect my career? And it's, yeah. you know, with age as well, I'm also aging into different roles. So yeah. part of me, it's like, well, it doesn't matter as much. I'm not playing the ingenue anymore anyway, you know? But it's still, you know, you but see people on TV. Of, and, yeah.
2: yeah. And it's just, it looks different. Like now we turn on the TV and we see more people. Mm-hmm. more They're not perfect yet, but yeah that's why I overthink that as much as just like, because even if there's not an example of it, you can be the example of it. Yeah. So, I mean, just every opportunity that comes my way, I'm like, let's go. Let's try. Yeah. No matter what exactly, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm thin enough or fat enough or white enough or black enough. We're just going to try and, like, have faith in the process.
0: Yeah. I think that's really important because it's it's not going to change if nobody pushes it to change. You know, if sure. we're saying, like,
2: I mean, like 10 years ago, when I ever play Marie Osmond's kid, I'd be like, no, she's <laughs> right. Even though my mom is, white. Yeah. But like, it wasn't, it was like the industry wasn't ready for that. And even some people were confused by it. Like even on set, like we were at like a location. Someone was like, how is she (laughs) your mom? Yeah. She's half white. (laughs) (laughs) Her dad was what? (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, I get it because you don't see that on TV yeah right. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Perspective.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like I can't hold it against her either because it was just mm-hmm.
1: like Yeah. Good
2: question. Good, what good
1: question. Like. Yes. I woman <laughs> and
2: <there's a> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my
1: gosh. Well, I wanted to hear about like you know you're i we've stalked your imdb i can't talk today um i saw that you have done a bunch of films and then tv shows and as someone who hasn't done like a tv show yet what do you like one over the other and what's kind of your experience getting ready for either
2: i love both yeah Yeah. i just love working so it's just like i fall in love with the character yeah Mm -hmm. um with TV shows, if you are doing a one off, uh like one episode, quick, easy to the point, wham bam, done. Pretty much when you audition, or I have found that like my audition is like the prep for the character. Mm-hmm. Cause I've already like you could kind of plug it, right? Like if you pull mm-hmm. out the audition and plug it in. Um if you're in more of like a regular uh position, it develops. Um it's more of an ensemble piece. It feels more like you're in a play because <laughs> you get to know everyone and like you have your little family and although you're not doing the same thing every day or every night you yeah. are settling into your character yeah um with regulars that I've done over a period of time it gets easier and easier to memorize the writer start writing for you um and then with films you know, if you it moves a little slower. So mm-hmm. even if you are just in like one or two scenes, it might be over a period of multiple days. Whereas TV right. during one or two scenes, they're gonna try to knock it out in one day.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's
2: sometimes a little bit more time. Sometimes there's not, actually, like with the Christmas movie, we had like no time. Yeah. Uh, but I just I, I fall in love with the character and then I kind of approach it in a similar way the, the, the big difference is that with the film you have the beginning middle and end mm. and with tv you're kind of like exploring and learning your character as other people are so like or as the writers are as the yeah. producers are and like as fold, yeah. so like i might decide like oh this is who a parent is this is who my parent is you mm-hmm. know then, like i've done my work and like this is who this parent was and like i had a narcissistic Brother, or whatever it is, or like, right, yeah, was murdered, and then you know, three episodes later, they're like, Okay, we're gonna introduce your brother, and here he is, you know, you're like, mm-hmm. Well, in my mind, he was it's more of a it's give and a take and a dance, um, yeah, it's also that makes it so much more fun, it's really fun, right. mm-hmm. it's cool to have like the whole math
0: map out, but it's also
2: kind of cool to like not know exactly where.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that sense of adventure because TV has always intimidated me as an actor because of that. I'm like, what if the backstory I make is wrong, you know, and then you don't find out until you're already doing it. And just like, yeah, I guess the, the not knowing and how quickly it moves and all of that. Oh, I always found very intimidating. Yeah. so I love that you would just embrace it.
2: Yeah. It's funny because I don't like love not knowing what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a very, very <laughs> cautious Yeah. <laughs> But I guess this is the one aspect that I feel safe within. Yeah. Acting, which is, I mean, probably why I love it so much.
0: I think that's true for a lot of actors. I mean, like, I know it's true for me. Like, I don't, in my personal life, I don't like crying in front of other people. Like, it makes me so uncomfortable. But then acting, I'm like, yes, give me a scene where I need to, like, fucking break down. I love it, you know? So I think a lot of actors can relate to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's been like therapy for me being in some shows because like if what the character's going through like parallels something that I've gone through um, and I wasn't like in a place to fully feel it when I was going through it because I Mm -hmm. tend to like, you know, fight, flight and freeze. I like freeze or fawn. And a lot of times I'll play characters who will like fight. And Mm -hmm. that's a really interesting experience because all of my own stuff starts rushing back.
1: Right, wow. yeah.
2: Oh, actually, kind of working through my own crap. Yeah, yeah. Therapy, where you get well, you get paid to do the therapy. Yeah, that,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the life of an actor, I love
1: it. Thousand <laughs> yeah. percent yeah. relate. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Um, what characters do you think you typically play? Then, like, what what emotion do you think they really bring? Is is it usually a guarded character?
2: Talking about this with my mom actually the other
1: day because yeah,
2: I played a lot of different types mm-hmm. of characters. Everything from like a scientist to a podcast host to a right now the show that I've been recurring on is I, I'm playing in HR prison in HR for like a fire department, a bartender. Um, but wow. all are really intense. <laughs> <laughs> passionate, And they work really hard. Okay okay so i think like my intensity shows through a little bit yeah Uh yeah um but it's funny because like when i first came out here like if you look you look at the beginning of my imdb it's like party girl girl at a party the drunk girl tipsy chick like (laughs) my first four like i think i just correctly named my first four credits yeah oh my god (laughs) now i'm like go get it like going and getting it like getting it done and like being a vicious but like still kind of fun and funny Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty, like, direct, I would
0: say. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the thing, too. Like, good casting directors are going to cast you for you, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. like, you can play any type of, like, role as far as, you know, what their profession is or what they've gone through in their life or whatever, but, like, their core, like, who they are, if it's a good casting director, they're going to cast you because you just exude that anyway,
2: you know? Yeah. Which is funny, because like, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but like, when I first started, I was like, I don't want to be like Meryl Streep. I want to play the old man rabbi in Angels in America, and then the (laughs) next year I want to do Sophie's Choice, and then the year after that... Yep. (laughs) Yep, one thousand In school, I was always like the character, like, I remember like, we did Three Sisters, I played Anfisa the like maid I had a big fat suit on like I was always trying to be the character character. yeah yeah Yeah. 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 and it's like oh like they just kind of want to see different colors of me okay Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I was gonna say so do you feel like that direct uh, intensity parallels to your your own character human body yeah you're like yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah That's
0: that's kind of a wake up call. I think for a lot of actors that come out here that, you know, grew up doing like community theater, for example, you know, it's like in your small hometown or whatever, you know, especially on the stage, it's like, you get to play all of these things that you're never probably going to have that opportunity to do in Hollywood. Right. Mm -hmm. So for some people, it's kind of depressing. They're like, oh shit, I thought I would get to do a lot more fun stuff. But I think for a lot of people too, it's like, once you realize and accept that, It's like, oh, okay, well, then I can stay in this box and get somewhere. And then once I get those credits under my belt, once casting knows me, it's like I can expand from there, you know?
2: people just don't know that I feel like it's a box. And I think
0: the Mm -hmm. only reason
2: that... So I notice it because I'm in me. But like, Mm -hmm. if I look at... Like, I did this British comedy where I play uh, Dr. Parfit. It's called Code 404. We did three seasons and... The audition came in, and I looked at it, and it was like we are looking for a stand-up comedian who's like a nerdy, like a really intense scientist saying like really intense science words, but also it has to be really funny.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: only totally American. And so I was like, that's generally not what I play. Like I generally play like a love interest with like a snarky mm-hmm. attitude. Like that's yeah. my. Favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I like pulled my hair back like into a bun. I like frizzed out the front. I like got glasses. Oh yeah, yes, lenses. I was like eating during my audition. I like wore no makeup. Um, and then I ended up getting that role. That was terrifying because I was like, <laughs> really, I'm have to play it like I never thought I would have. Yeah, and so that felt so different than playing the love interest in. Nine one one Lone Star, which is not a comedy, which mm-hmm. is um like and I'm like very officious and you know, I have my yeah. hair down and I get to wear cute earrings and like a nice little suit. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. Very different. So it feels very different, but when I look at the character the character traits of both, I can make the connection between the fact that the scientist was like very intense about her job. And so is the love interest HR person or in mm-hmm. the show that I knew with Brian, like the whole vibe of the whole movie was like, I had to choose between, like, I felt like I had to choose between my career and a love life. And I was always choosing my career until. Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful man shows up in my office. And, yeah. You know, Christmas time and love ensues. Right. Yeah. Well, it was really different. And that was the first, like, Lifetimey, like feel good thing that I ever did. And so Brian was like, mm. like, as a director, he was like always reminding me, like, light, light, bring it up lighter. And like, you know, like,
0: mm-hmm. you don't,
2: like, don't be like, oh, like feeling all the, like, what yeah, yeah. the breakup scene. And I'm like, ah, like, snotting, like, crying. <laughs> Just, <laughs> having my Meryl Street moment. It's like, that's not what this movie is. <laughs> <Christy>. <laughs> Cry Crying. Just cry yeah. Cuter. Yeah. <laughs> need a tear. Just a, just a couple tears. tears. Yeah. Just a couple tears. Yeah. It felt like a box. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's felt like I've gotten to do stuff all over the map. Um, yeah. But when I look at it to try to draw the conclusions, of course. Conclusion. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you're good at um, like, finding what it is in that character that you can relate to, which is, you know, like yeah. in every acting class, that's what you, they tell you, they teach you to do is, you know, you wanna make it truthful by connecting to that character in a way that you're not just playing them, but you're finding yourself in them. Yeah,
1: yeah. As, as an actor who does an audition and I'm like loud and proud of it, about it in my own ways, I want to hear from an actor who does audition for the actors on our show, Um, And Tessa, of course, can chime in. Like, what is it right now in this climate? How are you booking your roles and staying consistent? Um, Um,
2: After the strike, I mean, it's been nothing for six months. But before that, it was all pretty much all like commercially, there are some that you do it back in studio, but it's all been self-tape, followed sometimes by like Zoom callbacks. I've done Zoom chemistry reads. I've done tests via Zoom.
1: Wow. How is that?
2: It's just weird. (laughs) Like, at first I was like, I, I'm never going to book anything because I talk to a computer differently than I talk to a person. Um, And then I booked something. So I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. guess yeah. I can. <laughs> but I still feel like I talk to a computer different than I talk to a person.
0: Right. Even a self-tape. Like, it's so... I I mean I'm grateful that things are so remote now because it does allow people to live outside of LA to be auditioning yeah. when they're traveling to fit it in their schedule. Like that's all great, but I miss in-person auditions so much because you just yeah, you don't have that connection. Like sure yeah. you have a reader when you're doing a self-tape, but like it's just not yeah. the same as being in the I room. I miss
2: my casting director friends. I
0: really mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, I also love a self-tape because
2: I'm the type of person where like if something goes like slightly off in an audition, like I'm like rethinking it for Forever, yeah. Like even if I don't like need the job, I'm. I mean, even if it's like a commercial that is like not going to really run that much, like I'm the I'm such a perfectionist that I'm like. Mm-hmm. So with the self tapes, I am able to like be like, this is this is how I would do it. Yeah, this right. is exactly how I see the character. Whether you agree with me or not, this is my vision for the character.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm proud of it. Yeah. I love um, that. So I do like that, but I do miss, you know, my casting director friends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know people, you really do. And, like, Mm -hmm. you even get, like, little, like, notes. Like, you get notes from the casting director about, like, on the spot, about stuff. And then also, like, those are the times where I'd come in and people would be, like, that last role you came in to audition for, we really liked you, but we needed someone a little older. So that's why. So we're calling you in for this. Or, well, you get like notes from me is
0: so you can
1: actually yeah the, that yeah. Fe- that little feedback is just so I feel like incremental and like
0: absolutely I miss it so much because personally I can't tell you how many auditions I've gone in for that they've had me read for someone else when I've been there that happens yeah. to me yeah. all the time and like either that or I will get a redirection and it was like Something clicks them that it's like, oh, they're seeing this. I didn't think about that. And then they'll I'll love the audition, but I just needed that redirection.
2: It, which is huge. Mm-hmm. They can pace you into the pace of the show. Yeah. So if I'm lagging, I can feel it, like, musically. I can feel mm-hmm. them trying to pick up the pace. And I'm like, oh, I'm slower than, especially with, like, a pilot. Where, right. Like, you can watch, like, if you get an audition for, like, Young Sheldon, watch it. Boom. You know the, this, you know how it goes. Right. Yeah. With the pilot, you don't know what's in their mind. Yeah. Right. You can look at what the directors and the producers have done previously, but it's a different vibe. Yeah. Always. So yeah. that is
1: so, such a good point. Um, so how? So breaking it down a little bit, when you're auditioning for a pilot, you're given a character, probably the premise of the show. How much other? How, what other details are they even giving Perhaps you? At you get the one?
2: And sometimes you don't.
1: Okay. And then you get yeah.
2: the breakdown that. Now what I've heard is that casting assistants will write the breakdown sometimes. Like they'll read the script and then write a breakdown, so mm-hmm. not to, like marry yourself to it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not really from the showrunner.
1: Yeah, like, what I, so like with like,
2: the with the British show that I did, like they wanted a stand up comedian. Like I'm not a stand up comedian. I could read that and be like, well, I'm not doing like that's not
1: yeah what I do. <laughs> you're, you're like I can play like bald cap, fast and furious <laughs> man, but like really Gibson. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah I mean just taking that with like a grain of salt because it Mm -hmm. can also change and sometimes it'll be like we want someone who's like blonde and in their 30s and then if I'm getting the audition they're also interested in seeing what I could do with it yes absolutely yeah or like it'll be like she's the most beautiful woman effortlessly so she doesn't wear a stitch of mate. it's always like it walks into a room and enchants it Mm-hmm. You're like, how do you play that? That's not. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I just wanted to say, like, thank you, because this is a lot of insight. And, you know, like, Caroline and I are both working actors. Carolina's doing more of like her own projects and friend- friends projects. Like she said, she's stopped auditioning. I'm still out there auditioning, but like getting to hear especially about TV, because that's not really a realm that I'm in that much. And just, you know, that whole process and you know, the experiences that you, that you've had on set with like race issues and then hearing about the strike and all of that. So I think this is a really insightful episode. And I think that a lot of actors who, you know, maybe aren't at that level yet, or especially that maybe just started like since the pandemic or since like during the strike, especially, you know, getting to hear all of that. I think it's really inspiring and, and, um, educational. Yes, so so thank sweet. you. Yeah. Yeah, and what's next for you? Like, what would you like to promote or what's coming up on the docket for you? We're doing a Fast
2: and the Furious because, because everything in TV and film is so up in the air right now. Yeah, right. I will say that we are doing a Fast and Furious at the Typewriter Dynasty Theory is a musical. You don't have to have seen the whole franchise to <laughs> enjoy it and Just watch it. a trailer. That's yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> so much fun. And uh, we're doing it November 30th and December 15th. We have two different Amazing. shows. Yeah. Other than, huh. I don't know, watch
0: 911
1: Lone Star like the last season. <laughs> yeah. <Right>. Yes. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Amazing. Send us a flyer and we'll put it in our um monthly newsletter that we send out to everyone. Yeah. which Again, listeners, subscribe. Cause, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes. yes. Or, and like, as yeah. far as Instagram. So if anyone wants to check it out,
0: I was just going to ask if you want to share your handle or website or anything like that with our listeners as well. I'm best at Instagram and I'm not great at it, but
2: if anything important is coming up, I always do try to post about it, but that's Amanda underscore underscore Peyton. So my name, you know.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for coming on today. This is a really great episode, and I'm glad that we finally got to meet you because Ryan had recommended you ages ago, and just like we took a break from the podcast for a while, so we finally got to meet you and chat I with you. Me. I, I love, love talking, talking shop. Thanks for listening to Femme regard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals.
1: We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com.